C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I am very excited to introduce our guest today. She is the most esteemed guest. Um, Shots fired. (laughs) Yes, sorry guys. Sorry all other guests, Jen Wynn. They all pale in comparison. Uh, I'm not sorry. in comparison. Uh, Jenna is a very, very dear friend of mine that I met in college. Oh, her name is Jennifer Biachineski, and that's why I wanted to introduce her. <laughs> I know how to say her Polish last name. I don't. I've had so three that's... sips of cider, and I'm apparently wasted. <laughs> this is great. Thank you, Jen, for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I've been waiting for my formal invite, so I'm so glad that is this finally your podcast happened. debut? Have we gotten an exclusive? This is this is you have your virgin. You're popping a chair right now. <laughs> Amazing. This is off to a great start. Jen is one of our number one fans of the pod. She has listened. She's been our live audience on more than one occasion. And she also helped with our photo shoot in Central oh, Park. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about yeah. Those photos are so fun. We'll have to yeah. post those and bring them back. No, those were, that was probably the best, especially when you guys were sitting in front of the trash cans oh, yes. meditating. That is my current <laughs> profile picture on Facebook. Or the yeah. guys lifting you guys up. Guys, guys, lots of guys. It was a good day. It was a special. It was a special New York City moment. I really feel. Absolutely, yeah, that's so. awesome. Awesome. So um, before we dive in too much, and we'll do an official interview with you later, Jen. But just give us a quick um, intro. Give give us your full name, if you want to give us your full name. Um, we you know how said old it. you are. <laughs> We've said it. We're not cutting it out. Um, <laughs> Your name, uh, where you're from, uh, what year you were born, and things that are special about you. I could list many. Oh, well, thank you. I might need help, so you might have to chime in. So the the full name, um, I don't know, do you want my confirmation name, is Jennifer Karolina Elizabeth Pierścieniewski. Can you do it again in the Polish accent? (laughs) I did. I I thought I did. Jennifer Karolina Pierścieniewski. Elizabeth Pierścieniewski. Is that a little it's better? So it's a nice ring to so it. Good. <laughs> I, love it. Um, I love it. I am a Virgo. I was born in 1984. And Shay and I met at John Carroll University through Kappa Kappa Gamma. And, uh, Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> have to. And I'm sorry, what were the other questions? My favorite Something things? Something fun about you. Something yeah. fun. Okay. I feel like I haven't been very fun lately. Um, let's see. I work for um, a hospital here in New York City, a non-clinical. I just want to point that out. <laughs> and I nanny part-time. And I live in Queens, which is very, very becoming the new Brooklyn, I feel. Now, and you are a native New Yorker, right, Jen? Yes. Born and raised in Queens until I was 12 when I moved to Ohio. Another fun fact about Jen is she is a very talented photographer, and after Lent is over, you should all follow her on her Instagram, <laughs> at J Carolina P. So, 
It's uh, Jenny Pisky. Or My, that, because she keeps yeah, changing those and I can't four remember. sips of cider are really getting to you. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's Jenny Pisky. I gave up uh, Instagram and Facebook for Lent because I was definitely um, addicted. How has that been so far? It's hard. I still go on my phone to where my Instagram app is. I deactivate it because, and um, I'm just not ready to delete the app, but I go there and my thumb just automatically hits in. It says, do you want to sign in? And I do, but I don't. Maybe I've cheated once or twice late at night when no one's on. (laughs) I can go on and see. Jesus isn't watching. Jesus Jesus has to sleep at some point. I mean, right? Yeah. Oh. That's the point of Jesus. He's always watching, like Santa Claus. I was going to say, that's Santa Claus. That's not Jesus. <laughs> he sees you when you're sleeping. That's creepy. Amazing. <laughs> Iconic. All right. Well, shall I'm we? Trying to, I'm trying to earn our space on Laughable because sometimes I feel like we haven't been very funny lately. We've been very serious, talking a lot been. about sexual assault. So a lot oh, about guns. Oh. And guns. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I know. The movie. Um. um but yeah, millennial moments. Do you have one Shay to start us off? Um, I guess not really. Um, I was really kind of stressing about this all day today because <laughs> we're doing a double header of recording, and I was like, oh god, I don't have any millennial moments. But I think my trash bag moment of the like week is I'm just having a really hard time scheduling my life. Like I feel like I can't make any decisions about like what order I want to do things in and when I want to do them and where I want to meet people. And I don't understand why this is so difficult for me because I'm a very organized person. And um, it's just I'm feeling real trash baggy with the calendar this week. So I think that's That's my millennial moment. I feel like we always go back and forth with like the podcast schedule and we we stay pretty on top of it. I'm pretty proud of us. But it is a lot to keep track of. Well, no, Shay, you're so organized, so this is news to me. I just want to make sure everything's okay. Because usually, <laughs> no, like, at 9.05, I'm going to brush fine. my teeth by 9.07. I'm going to put my eyeliner on by 9.15. I'm out the door. <laughs> well, Damn I you, bagel store, for uh, being crowded and delaying my schedule. <laughs> yeah, freaking bagels ruin everything. I think part of this is, this is, like, my realization because so ever I've talked about this before I'm currently uh, roommates with my cousin and her delightful teenage children and my cousin is a CPA and she has been working a lot because it's tax season um, and she has a new job so it's like super exciting for her and I was like you know she's awesome and doesn't make me pay any rent so I was like you know what I'm gonna help the kids and I've been helping out but I like stepped it up because she's a lot busier right now and maybe this is my millennial moment slash youth moment of the day mm-hmm. I was like being a mom is hard. Like I always knew it was hard. And now I have like a little taste of what it's like to do it with teenagers. And I'm like, yeah. And these are good kids. They're very funny and lovely, but it sounds awful. It yeah, sounds- and think about it. If you had a kid today, you're going to be in your like early fifties dealing with this when you have teenagers. Maddie, you are not helping. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to point out. <laughs> Keeping it real. It's gonna, so it's gonna I keep us like, like youthful early. and young. Yeah, I do feel that. Things, you know? Teenagers keep you Absolutely. connected to the youth. A little more wrinkles, good. maybe, but otherwise, you really have to be on yeah. top of your game. I mean, my <laughs> uncle. I'm going not to step on Shay's millennial moment, but I'm going to Hawaii next week with one of my uncles, and they have. He's like in his mid forties, and he has like a newborn baby, oh. and I'm like, dude. Like, no judgment whatsoever. Like, they have a lovely family, but 
I'm just like, gosh, like I look at my parents and my parents, you know, they had me in their late 20s, early 30s. And my parents are now like in their mid 50s. And I'm like, I cannot picture John and Marianne Yergi, you know, rough and tumble in it with some toddlers like in, I don't know. I feel like my dad's best self is with adult children because now we can like yeah. drink together. But <laughs> alcohol makes everything better. Yeah. But let me ask you different. a real cool question. Is this baby coming to Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, this Aren't is there be two fun. babies coming to Hawaii? Yeah, well, Doesn't there's like a, yeah, there's a two-year-old and then the younger one, I guess he's not a newborn anymore. He's probably like nine or ten months, so he's still really little. I mean, but he's very young. Yeah, I mean, they like... And they have a nap schedule to adhere to. Cause they do. God yeah. forbid you don't... Oh, well, we're the newborn a baby. House, so it's okay. Yeah. We're not staying at like a resort, so there's more space. And How many people are going? We have more flexibility. It's like my family and Corey and my uncle and his family so like two families basically yeah um but anyway shay that was an excellent millennial anyway but yes my point of saying that was like i think that's why my schedule's been Mm -hmm. off because i'm like man it's a lot to think about with these yeah because usually you have to think about yourself maybe that's in here and there but now you have like three other people at least yeah so all right who's next do you want to do yours do you want me to go? Sure. So I I had asked Maddie before we started recording <laughs> if this is considered um, a millennial moment. Uh, yesterday, my friend Caitlin and I went to the Brooklyn Historical Society for a lecture on the future of feminism. Oh, fun. Which, yes, it was lovely. I get this random email distribution list sent every day. Uh, Monday through Friday, I believe. And it gives you just like all these cool happenings in New York City. Like anything from like that you would know about, say, you know, a Broadway show to this lecture that I myself would never have known. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was three women. Uh, One was Ashley Ford, um, who I guess is very into. She's actually writing a book that's called Someone's Daughter. And then there was also koa I, I forget her name but she's now the editor-in-chief for jezebel oh cool yeah so she just took up that position and then the commentator was um a woman too who has is a very extremely knowledgeable it was almost intimidating yeah um professor and she's wrote for the atlantic and all these and and it was just a very interesting lecture it wasn't what i thought it was she kind of started off with the oscars um did you guys see the movies the uh billboards i did see it i actually had seen it on sunday before i was like i have to at least watch one yeah. oscar nominated <laughs> movie before i watch the awards and it was it was wonderful i really enjoyed it and yeah, uh francis Frances McDormand. Yeah, her speech. Oh, yeah. And which I loved. Yeah. yeah, and having the women stand up. And so the comment, and I forgive me, I need to get her name. Um, commentators literally started off right off the conversation with, so I don't want to talk about the Oscars, but I'm going to talk about the Oscars. <laughs> and she talks about how Frances only asked women to stand up, not minorities, not LGBT, not transgender, and how that's kind of like a white feminism. Oh, which was interesting. I had not thought but, about yeah it. so I had this moment like right off the gate you know <laughs> like she was just like and I'm like oh my god like I didn't think of asking other minorities yeah and, oh, you know so it's just a very interesting hour lecture yeah I mean talk and then you know people got to ask yeah. questions it was absolutely lovely and my one friend Caitlin who quit her job sorry Caitlin I don't know if you listen oh. I don't think you do well, Caitlin she, I didn't know this first name is fine. yeah she worked for a very prestigious PR firm and she was like this is not what I want to do it's not challenging I'm not happy I don't Get care it, about that yeah and she's married so she quit 
And then right after that, she went to Thailand for two weeks and she's very into writing. And she's taking this course with this woman where I guess she's an amazing writer. And after like a month, like 50 to like 75% of the people who take the course get published, their works get published. So she's currently writing something and it's about also like feminism and like kind of like race issues. So she went and she spoke to the uh, Jezebel editor in chief and she got her card and she wants her to email and Kate looked at me and she's like you could have really like been like uh, you know part of this movement in my life about like what this could really change the course Mm -hmm. you know of so it was Mm -hmm. a really cool moment I feel like I'm a moment hopefully yeah it's great yeah that's amazing that's so good oh I think only in New York City yeah (laughs) it's an interesting point I was looking at a thing not to get you know too off tangent, but I guess we're transitioning into the. All right, the campfire's burning. The, the campfire's <laughs> burning. I didn't have a great millennial moment. My millennial moment was that I'm going to Hawaii with my family, which isn't even a millennial moment. It's just a life update, so we can skip yeah. me. But for it's now. still so amazing. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting that you bring that you bring that up because I think the the Francis McDormand and mm-hmm. how there was this critique. I wouldn't even say criticism. I think it's just you know something something else that maybe she could have considered that she didn't at the time absolutely um i think that's interesting because i also um was reading about um emma stone presented best director i don't know if they brought that up at the talk um and natalie portman had done a very similar thing for the same category at the golden globes where they were like here are the nominees for men and greta gerwig and they did it at both the golden globes and the oscars and i read a thing Mm -hmm. that was like you know there, while it's it's great to point out that Greta Gerwig is the only woman and she deserves that recognition, mm-hmm. the person that ended up winning um, is a person of color, and mm-hmm. he had been nominated multiple times before, and this was a celebration of his 25-year career, and, Forget you know, out, to kind right? of boil it down, no, yeah. for... Um, the Shape of Water, it was Guillermo del Toro, uh, but also Jordan yeah. Peele, who's also a minority, first-time right. writer, you know, it seemed like it was really a moment for Greta Gerwig and not for these mm-hmm. other people. So it just brought to mind kind of two things, like flip side to the same coin of like a, you know, I think people do these nice gestures and it's never enough. There's always these criticisms and it's like, why can't we take what Francis McDormand or what Emma Stone and Natalie Portman did and just say like, okay, it's, it's this moment for these people and not necessarily for everyone, you know? And not nitpicking all of these little things, but then the flip side is, you know, when you have these public moments where it's reduced down to one sentence or, you know, 30 seconds in the case of Frances McDormand, there's really not a lot of room for these nuanced things, but it's important to have the conversation after the fact. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I No, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's really hard because, you know, women right now have this amazing platform and it is a great platform to raise up um, people of color, particularly women of color, and particularly Mm -hmm. people who are not conforming to a particular gender bias. But I think that, and I don't know how to say this in a way that's not going to sound bad, but women of all colors, um, and let's say women and people who are identifying as women, um, are Mm -hmm. fighting a really hard battle, and I don't think it's fair to expect that battle for them to fight the battle for everybody yeah, because I wouldn't I expect a person of color to stand up there and be like this is for everybody except the white dudes like that 
Yeah, that would be a weird thing if someone said that. That would be a weird thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what they're asking people to do. So I think, yes, I think people, women of color especially, should stand up and be taking their place in this discussion. Um, And when Francis asked, I haven't watched the Oscars yet. I'm actually probably watching them tonight, Um, (laughs) T-Boat. Have fun spending four hours. They're so long. (laughs) We're going to be uh, fast forwarding quite a bit. Um, But, you know, when she asked people to stand up, she didn't say only white women stand up. She said all women. So it is then on the, the shoulders of the women of color and people identifying as women to stand up with everyone else. Right. Um, and I'm sure people did. I'm sure they did. And that. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you that it's. Um, well, I feel like for me in that you. lecture and I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. Shay is that. Oh, no, you're the expert. <laughs> no, I am not. But um, um, is that. I think feminism now is is more just about females mm-hmm. and females' rights and women's rights. I think it's now starting to encompass minorities and transgender yeah, and LGBT. The intersectional you know, aspect. It is. It's absolutely becoming this huge platform that is, is I think, broadening, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what I took away from last night yeah. is, oh, I didn't think of that, but I also didn't think of that because yeah. I thought feminism is just like more female but this right. is becoming more involved and yeah. and they were Opened talking about your mind to these things absolutely and they're just talking about how like you know uh words and 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 terminology changes you know and oh, yeah. we're going to you know why is it women's right or not about gender you know right yeah. and about the, the women's march organizers yeah. have there's a lot about that and how and even other organizations like on the show Transparent, if you've ever seen it, it's a great show. There's like a whole storyline about, you know, like women's conventions mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, who's allowed to come. And it, it always happens. I mean, even in the sorority, like any single gender organization, it always comes up. Um, True. So I think that's really interesting. And I think it reminds me of we talked about this, Shay, um, the last time or a couple times ago that we recorded when we were, you brought up the, um, the fact that the Women's March organizers were organizing an event for the school shooting that happened. So a lot of these mm-hmm. feminism yeah. and women organizers are kind of expanding their focus and mm-hmm. making it more inclusive. So I think that's really interesting. And it's nice to be a part of that and experience yeah. it. And it was it was interesting, too, because it was three females and two of them were African-American and the editor-in-chief of Jezebel was white. And, um, you know, they're talking about, it was a lot of, like, obviously about race. And, and you know, they're like, yes, women have a hard time, but that's almost anticipated and expected at this point. But being a woman mm-hmm. of color, that's, like, even the real battle. They're just facing yeah. more of the race issue. Mm-hmm. And both they made a point, and I think the editor-in-chief, um, her name is Koa, K-A-O, she said what's interesting is that we're all married to white or, you know, we're all in white, uh, relationship with white um, people. So the, right, I think that yeah, she, the dominant culture, everyone, yeah, you so can't like, escape yeah. that. So which is really interesting because here they are about race and feminism and gender rights and, you know, trying to like chip away at this, this society that, that is created and kind of making it more neutral for everyone. But here they are married to like, or, yeah, I think uh, one is engaged, but both are mm-hmm. married to white 
male and a female, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it was just like, and they're like, yeah, that is really interesting how we're all for like this topic, yeah. but yet here we are, you know, mm-hmm. so it was just very interesting and it just made me show that I really have so much to learn and yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, and it's one of those topics that's just ever evolving, you know, and they're like, so the editor in chief of Jezebel, she's like, you know, we're, we're going to focus on, uh, immigration. You know, because immigration now is huge and, and not just gender. And, and it was just, it was really lovely. It was like the worth best $5 I've ever spent <laughs> oh, in my life good. in New York City. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. And you sent me the link to that yesterday. I was like, why can't I just teleport back to New York? Oh, I know. I thought I was going to send you a, another link to a flamingo dancing concert. <laughs> but like you, Danielle, mm-hmm. and Liz are not here. And I'm I like, know. you know what? Really oh, is it the is it the flamenco festival at City Center? I think so. It's every March. Yeah. I've been before. It's really cool. Yeah, um, That's so fun. Well, if I may dive into my campfire topic, sure. it I think flows very well because it is also about feminism. Nice. Love it. And I want to talk about shine theory. Do you guys know about shine theory? I have literally no idea. I think you Never sent me it. a brief link on when we were yes. chatting. But I didn't yes. read it all. I was at work busy. Mm-hmm. So to say, um, to, you know, summarize, basically shine theory is this idea that women should lift up other women and should, um, that your relationships with other women should be the most powerful things in your lives. So instead of being like catty and competitive, mm-hmm. um, you should seek out relationships with powerful women who are going to lift you up and you should also lift other women up. Um, and I really, sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really awesome. I love it. I love the whole concept of it because I do think we still live in a world where girls are catty and bratty and it starts at a really young age. So I think that's interesting first of all. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it goes I, well into adulthood, as I have experienced well, this week. I've been texting Shay about it. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Well, exactly. And this is the thing is, you know, where I've actually had the most issue with the opposite of shine theory was, um, and I make a, make a very clear statement that before I say what I'm about to say, that this does not refer to my most recent boss. It does not refer to any <laughs> of my wonderful fi- family members that fall into this category. But I have found in the workplace that Gen Gen X women do not adhere to shine theory at all when it comes to millennial women. In fact, they really tend to put them down and try and squash them and have a weird jealousy of them. Um, So I just really love that there is now this focus on empowering people. And I think, again, for our discussion of generational differences, you know, we really fight against the stereotype that millennials are crap. And I think one way that shine theory can apply here is that, you know, when you have the opportunity to mentor or to talk with a young woman, it should be, you know, not you did this wrong. How, why did you not know this? It should be about, you know, not excusing certain behaviors, but thinking about how you can uh, educate and uplift them. So yeah, that is my well I will I just started recently watching Parks and Rec and when I say recently I'm almost done with season seven (laughs) I went through like I think almost 200 episodes quite quickly that's amazing well it's also like 25 minutes on Netflix and they just keep rolling rolling and um I really feel like that Shay is like the Leslie nope and sometimes I oh, I'm definitely the April and yeah and I'm like and, she, yeah. and like I don't know how many times she has been like you are a flower and Jesus is guarding you are beautiful you're amazing <laughs> and they're all jealous of you and you should just show those 
<laughs> I can't tell you. I, I think I, I would oh need God. more like like ten hands to count. You know yeah. how many times. And I she just, definitely goes out of her way to uplift yeah. everyone when she's oh, all like and. Whereas I'm a cross between April and Ron Swanson, if I'm being honest. I'm <laughs> between April and Andy. <laughs> You are. You're such an Andy. Oh my god. I, I just love, love it. That's amazing. So, but it's just I, you know, and it's like, and I love it. I think that's how all friendships mm-hmm. or relationships or whatever it may be should be is that you constantly bringing up whether it's the gender or or race or whatever it may be. But it's like you know when someone's like, "You're amazing. I know you're having a bad yeah. day," or "I know this isn't going right, but let's like let's fix it." I'll help you, what kind of thing. And it's a beautiful relationship. So when, like, Leslie Noble looks at Anne and she's like, oh, you beautiful flower. You're too beautiful to understand this, but let me help you. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I love that they show the uplifting you know, relationship that they have for each other, you know, yeah. and how Anne's like, wow, she's a little high strong, she's a little crazy and bossy, but she's just so, like, so, so much positivity. Yeah, that, like, how can you not want to be friends with someone like that, you know? And it's just, so I think that too has, in a weird way, kind of played with this, like, feminism, like, yeah. you know, we talk about feminism, but I think sometimes women can be very catty and, mm-hmm. you know, bitchy and rude and you know see as a competition try to bring you down when really that's not how it should be so watching the show just makes me realize okay like yeah and I think Shay brings up a good point about like the jealousy factor Mm -hmm. I've definitely Mm -hmm. felt that or the like the not necessarily cattiness but like feeling competitive of like oh if I'm not the number one like top dog then no one else can be Mm -hmm. and if you are in a position where you're like oh hey you made a mistake like I've made mistakes but in this situation like I'm not the one that made a mistake you made the mistake and instead of just owning up to that they're they then are like no now I have to like they realize that they made a mistake and they're like the only way to get back on top is to squash you Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's not good yeah yeah and I think it's really oh sorry no I just I think it's just like a lot on the person to take accountability for their mistakes and you know for whatever judgments they had Mm -hmm. yeah for sure for sure um, no, I love that. I think Parks and Recs is a great example of Shine Theory, and we should all strive yeah, to be more like Leslie awesome. Nope, my favorite character of all time. Absolutely. So. I'm so okay, upset yeah. that they skimmed over three years and don't tell me how she handled a pregnancy with triplets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, shall we? I have one. Um, okay. It's not related to feminism at all. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. I feel like this is an example I'm anticipating because you guys are around the same or exactly the same age, right? Um, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I'm anticipating. Younger. We will discuss this later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm anticipating that there's going to be some difference between the way I feel about this and the way you guys feel about this because you are mm-hmm. older millennials and your so friends and family. <laughs> Well, because your friends and family are in a different place, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get your opinion on Christmas cards, okay? And <gasps> while you guys are pondering your answers... I, I know I, my answer. Well, I'll tell you my answer first. I hate <laughs> okay. them. I think they're bad for the environment. I think they are really costly, and I think the reason why I've had this discussion with my parents, and I also, to caveat why I feel this way... Um, I had, like, a scarring experience in middle school where my dad took a a horrible picture of me for the Christmas card, 
And my mom marked it, like, on the camera, and she was like, oh, this is the one that you can't use because it's really bad. And he thought it was the one that she picked to use, and so he printed them all. And instead of just not sending them, he sent them. And it was so bad, and it was unflattering, and everyone in my family and all my friends were like, dude, like, what the hell? And so that was bad, and I was like, what a waste of money. Like, why are we even doing this? And my parents were like, you know, it's a nice way to keep in touch and Mm -hmm. to see, you know, pictures of your these small kids that are growing up and to get updates on people's lives and I'm like that's great and all I'm all about that for sure but in today's age of social media and especially you know I feel like people a lot of moms like if they're not posting on Facebook and Instagram they're at least sending photos of their kids digitally to the people that they care about more than once a year on a Christmas card and I just feel like the cost associated with it and all the fanfare for not you know not everyone keeps every Christmas card like I just think that it's something that's gonna die out with the millennial generation because I asked a couple of my friends who are younger millennials and they were like yeah no it's not even something that I've ever thought about and Mm -hmm. it's not something that I really value so I wanted to get your guys's opinion on it well I love sending Christmas cards and every year it is my goal to send Christmas cards Um, I do have many elderly great aunts so they get the first round Um, And I don't always include pictures because I'm a single lady and having a picture of me by myself (laughs) is dumb. And having a picture of me with Benson is only slightly less dumb. Um, So, (laughs) but I do, I think there's just something to be said. Like when I send Christmas cards, I think because it is becoming less common now, um, people get really excited and they feel like a really special love because I spent five minutes, not even five minutes, 90 seconds addressing an envelope. And I also do, um, again, I'm not printing photos. So I go on Etsy or I go to a stationery shop. I usually get Christmas postcards. Um, and I write, dear Jen, happy Christmas, love Shay. And <laughs> Oh, I just want to interrupt real quickly. I haven't year. gotten a Christmas shot card from Shay. Oh, shots fired! Quite a few years. But might that's I? That's because add... I give you presents and I give you a Christmas card in person. I did not get this one. Uh, I get one last year. You get a pass because you're moving. I don't. I don't think I got one. Two thousand sixteen. I don't think I got one. Two thousand fifteen. I mean, I this out off mic. So. <laughs> Apparently, I because I'm not a great aunt. I did not get one. No, but I think the great aunt thing is a good point. 90 more years to go. Yeah, the great aunt thing is a good point because I think it's not exclusive to older people, but I think older people definitely value the time. And as you age, unfortunately, like less and less people communicate with you and it does show that special thing. But it's like, like to your guys' point, if you're really close friends with someone and once you get older and your close family kind of goes to the wayside or unfortunately people pass away, like the amount of people, unless you're sending out like 300 Christmas cards with a picture of your new baby on it like to me it just seems like I don't know I, think I, I don't know yeah a waste and I totally get that but I think it's just I guess what I like about it is more of this acknowledging of people and I think mm-hmm. if I, I I get like this year I was shitty on my Christmas cards the only yep. people that got them were like old people and my mom's <laughs> stepmom so like I didn't do good at it but like um you know I, I always try and make a point. Like, if I don't get Christmas cards out, then I try and send birthday cards. Or, like, I just think people like it makes them feel special. And I 
am always trying to be less of a shit and make people feel special. Yeah. So I think that's good. I think there's something to be said. I I respect the handwritten like note type Christmas cards way more than like I took a picture of my family. Good, then I'll send you one. Yeah. <laughs> well, like. I think there is something to be said for that. Like, if you're just sending out, like, here's a picture of my family in front of the fireplace, and it just says, happy holidays from the Smiths, like, that's something I could have gone on Facebook to see that photo, you know? And it doesn't doesn't feel personalized. It doesn't feel like you care about me. It just makes me feel like you spent $1,000 on something. Yeah. What is it? Um, Like, Feast of fly, and then it's all. And but I think also too, it's it's one of like not that you need excuse, but I think sometimes like families don't really get like family pictures, so it's like oh we gotta get pictures for our you know Christmas card, so at least you have like that one nice formal picture. That is a nice benefit. Yeah, so I think that to me was is like you know my family's Polish and yeah. And Polish people do don't get me wrong send Christmas cards, but my family never did, Mm -hmm. and so I just never grew up with having like re- like sending them and then when I would receive them I'm like oh I I should do this too but then like I buy the cars planning to write you know to my like say 10 to 15 closest people you know like heartfelt yeah. messages and they like are literally collecting dust yeah. in my bookshelf <laughs> yeah it's hard to, to make that commitment for sure it is and as I think it's the commitment for me it's not that I don't like it because I think nowadays snail mail is great if you're not yeah. getting a bill whether it's a Christmas card a Valentine's Day card yeah it's definitely special yeah it's definitely special and even even if it is that very generic of like you know the front of the card is them sitting from the fireplace in the back is like happy holidays love Zoe you know so and so and so like I mean while that is kind of impersonal like I'm like I'm glad that they thought like to send me one and it's what a cute picture <laughs> yeah. you know but I'm not either I, for it or against it like if you do it great yeah. if you don't that's okay too I think also Maddie and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the younger millennials as you mm-hmm. age you know Jen and I Jen is the main instigator of this um, so we have a group of about five of us from college who are super close and we have a group text message and literally every day Jen has to be like send pictures of the babies because the girls really don't post a lot of photos Mm -hmm. of their kids so I mean again they are sending the photos digitally to us but if we were just relying on social media we would never see these kids and these are Mm -hmm. friends of ours that we're in touch with on I would say what a almost daily basis recently right so um, yeah, yeah, I think there's something, yeah, I think amongst close friends, and this goes to your point, like, if you're going to be writing Christmas cards, it's going to go to, like, 10 to 15 people, like, it's going to be very meaningful, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's fine, and in that respect, like, you're not spending a ton of money, I think to me, it's like, it's the money aspect, like, I've asked my parents, like, why don't we just donate the money to charity instead of spending hundreds of dollars on a card where you have adult children that right. all have Facebooks, you know, you're going to spend money to send it to like our dentist, like who cares? Or like a coworker from 10 years ago. Like to me, it's like, there's more meaningful use of money. So I think the meaning behind it, I'm totally behind. And I, I also agree. Like I have friends, even younger millennials that don't post a lot. And I would imagine mm-hmm. like if they had kids, I would still have to ask them for photos and updates digitally and stuff like that and I do have family members that are like that but again you're always going to make the effort whether it's in person or sending a letter or asking via text message for those people it's more so like is it worth spending money on a card and then postage for someone that you're just trying to keep this like once a year connection to when to me it just seems wasteful so that's where I'm coming from. Also too it's like tradition right I feel like as of late maybe like traditions are kind of like 
like not as as important or kind of not continuing and i think it's one of those small little traditions where it doesn't like chase it doesn't take much time yeah you know maybe financially yes and maybe environmentally it's not good for but it's one of those things where it's like you want to just kind of like keep up this tradition um although you could start new traditions where you can send yeah. them digitally or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could look at it in that aspect. But I think it's like, you know, holidays tend to be all about traditions. Like everyone always comes over to Aunt, Uncle Carl's house on yeah, Christmas totally. Eve. And, you know, so that goes along with like sending those Christmas cards as yeah. well. So yeah, it's I think kind of a sentimental and, and kind I of the consensus that... is like if it's meaningful mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. So I'm putting it out there publicly. No one will ever receive a physical Christmas card from me. Oh boy. Um, but if you get one from Shay and Jen, it is very meaningful, and they spend a lot of time on yes. them, so that makes well, it more special. Yeah. Shay's going to be like, Merry Christmas. I'm going to be like, once upon a time, remember when we got <laughs> All right, apparently I have to send Jen a very fancy glitter-filled card. Oh my god, Shay the more glitter, the better. I love it. Just remember, glitter is the herpes of the craft world. It is true. Well, and you know what? It is environmental. You want to talk about environmental. Yeah. It's not. Like, you have to get the, the like biodegradable Shay, okay? Please, yeah. like, don't make me feel bad about that. I love it. Um... Jen, do you have a millennial moment or oh, not a millennial moment? Wow, a campfire topic. I can't. If not, we can dive I think it right was into the kind of the the, the, the whole feminism, feminism yeah. was a it bled in. It was yes, good. a duel. All right. Well, Shay, do you want to lead us into our interview? I do. I do. Um. Okay. So, Jen, I think you are so <laughs> fascinating. So I have many questions for you. Um, I'll say no. Nope. But I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are a beautiful tropical fish. Oh my gosh! Thank um, you. So I think one thing that I want to talk about, if you're comfortable sharing with us, is so Jen is a first-generation American. Her parents um, immigrated to the United States from Poland. Um, So I would love to hear a little bit about that experience um, and what that was like for you. And and as, as you're asking me that question, it's one of those things is that I don't even know what it means because it's all I know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So I don't know how it's different yeah. for better or for worse or for whatever. Um, so it's, it's what I know. So both me and my sister um, are first American Polish generation. And I think what it was is that, you know, I, I have both a mother and father. And my mother moved to Poland when she was four to actually Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And my father who was born in the Depression era, communism era. Um, he was born in 1940, so right after World War II, uh, moved to New York when he was 28. So that's quite a difference. You know, my yeah. mom pretty much grew up in Brooklyn at the age of four, uh, but she served as the translator, and she really took on a lot of responsibilities at a young age to help her parents out to, you know, fill out documents and talk to so people. So she almost had the first the yeah. first generation yeah. experience as yeah. well so and then when my so it's, what's funny is that my parents met so my mom again she because because she could both speak and write and read polish um she would help a lot of friends and family friends mm-hmm. when they came immigrated because at that point there was a very high flux of immigrants coming in she would help and she would go with them to the immigration office and translate and help them do the paperwork and get the green card and uh, so there's this one guy who she a friend said hey can you help he speaks no english he needs to get his papers blah 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 and it was gregory pierschineski <laughs> i don't know if that name sounds familiar but um you know so i was like okay sure you know i'll help you she she did it and then she's like all right you should get you know your papers in the, in the mail and you know good luck and so my dad had asked her 
How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get a drink? My mom's like, good yeah. luck to you. Yeah, right? Yeah. My mom's like, you know, if you need anything, I'm sure your friends will let me know. And my dad asked her for a drink. She's like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And she went up on her way and she had worked at um, the theater in Greenpoint. I, I'm blanking the name. She would be so disappointed in me, which is now a Starbucks and New York sports club. You want to talk oh. about a millennial yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And so he asked her a couple more times because, again, they had the mutual friends. And she kept saying no. And eventually she did catering. Uh, and she was out late, you know, because it was a wedding. Got to keep him on his toes. You know, can't yeah. say yes the first time. Yeah. Or the second. Or the third. Yeah. And so she was done, I think, you know, it was catering, wedding. So what is it done? Probably, like, by, like, 12, 1 o'clock by the time we clean up. And he was waiting outside the hall. And he oh, said, no. well, you can't say no now. Because you always say, like, I have to work. She's like, he's like you're done with work let's go for a drink and my mom's like oh my god fine yeah. like you know they want to drink and then you know happily ever after mm-hmm. so to speak kind of a thing but what is interesting is that my mom really took on the role of sometimes as both parents because she really had to work the finances she was a translator my dad yes he can speak and read english but he has a very heavy accent mm-hmm. and when he's like compared to your mom you absolutely my mom it. has a brooklyn accent she'll mm-hmm. be like you know where's the car you know where's my yeah. dog where's my dad's like you know i think i gonna go to the walmart no 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 kmart and i get the milk and i'm like oh you know and he <laughs> has so like good at <laughs> i love it <laughs> so and 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 when he knew that he was speaking to someone new and he, you know, knew that he had an accent, just made him more nervous. Right. All of a sudden, his accent just got so much worse. And my friends would just like, be like, oh, my God, he's so cute. But what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he I said, hi, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. And, you know, we didn't really grow up with, like, the traditional American mm-hmm. values. I think, um, not values, but, like, yeah, traditions in the sense that I think my dad growing up in... Uh, an economy and in a country mm-hmm. where everything was controlled. Yeah. Uh, my, I'm sure having so many choices is overwhelming. Yeah, in that so situation. he. I remember he told me he he lived in Łódź, which is a very big city in Poland, and you know the they would tell him what they can watch, what they can listen to, what they can read, and he took his radio, and he like rearranged the wires he's very like mm-hmm. technology like you know very crafty hands-on and he, he got the wires to work so that he got stations outside of what they deemed mm-hmm. as appropriate and that's how he first listened to the beatles and Aww. it was through like you know cutting the wires and getting them so he could get the stations and he says i remember laying at night in my small little like twin bed because i visited his yeah. apartment my grandmother and he would just lay there and he was like wow this this is what they're listening to. And he's like, I loved it. And I think eventually he got sick of being told what he can mm-hmm. and cannot do and how to do it. So he had um, escaped to visit or be with his cousin in Sweden. And then in Sweden... Was he... Poland a communist country at this yes. time? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Was it part of the Soviet yes. Union? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. History so, lesson for yes. young Maddie here. <laughs> Sorry, I did not. Good job, Maddie. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's been a while since I... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, history, that whole so history, I still I need to like kind of because the lines have, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, so he went to Sweden and then he was driving. It was winter, I'm assuming, because there was snow and he got in an accident. And when the police told him, get out, show me your papers, your passport, your ID. And they realized that mm-hmm. he is not a citizen of Sweden. They had told him, well, you're either going to go to Poland or you're going to go to a refugee camp in Austria. And he chose the refugee camp because he did not want to go back to yeah. Poland. So he stayed in a refugee camp for 10 to 12 months. And he had applied for a green card in Sweden to come to New York. And so within the 10 months of Did the, he know anyone here or was it kind I of like friends of a friend? I think he had a friend. Well, what my mom 
Toronto, which I just found out actually this summer, is that he had applied to the Catholic Charities saying that he wanted, because he couldn't afford the flight. He couldn't afford anything, but he's like, I want to. And he got selected. And so they had paid for his flight. They approved it. Mm -hmm. And so somehow he got this letter saying, like, you have the green card. And they paid for his flight. And my mom told me this, because my dad doesn't really talk about this. It's very tight-lipped. He, um... She said that they paid for his flight and he got in this hotel that was like cockroach infested, like disgusting, you know, because it was cheap of a cheap. So he only stayed there for like a week and then just like found an apartment with like other essentially Mm -hmm. like refugees. And she's like, they shared like a two bedroom apartment. There were like 10 guys, Mm -hmm. you know, living and one kind of thing. So it's so interesting. But like it's I only find out even at now at like the age of 33, I just found this out. I'm like, wait, a Catholic charity Mm pays? She's like, yeah, you didn't know that? Like. No, no, because he doesn't tell me, you know, and do you get the impression that he kind of wanted to leave that life behind and this is where he wants to be and this is his life now? Yep. And then what I also too is that I do Polish was my first language. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, did you speak Polish growing up? With yeah. your parents? With my parents, yes. And I also had, like, a, a nanny who was mm-hmm. a Polish, an older Polish lady. So when I went to school, I had to learn English. And then um, my dad, to this day, does not speak Polish to me. And I think it's a sense that he's like, I want you to be American. Mm-hmm. I want you to not have an accent and deal with what I have to go through. And I, I want you to have the best education. And to him, it was English, English, English. And mm-hmm. I don't think he realized that being bilingual and still keeping my Polish, my heritage, the traditions, and everything was yeah, still you can so... Do both. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think he got that. I think yeah. mm-hmm. whatever happened during his childhood... I think that's a typical, like, first-generation story yeah. where yeah. it's like... The immigrant, and in a way, it did a little more harm than good, you know, because my sister doesn't know any Polish at all, and that's that's very important. You are also very modest; like you speak Polish quite well. And um, my favorite, one of my favorite memories of Jen is when we were seniors in college. (laughs) I'd known her for three years, and we were at my house having a few legal drinks, and (laughs) all of a sudden, I hear Jen on the phone with her dad, just letting it go in Polish and she just like blah, 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 blah. and I was like Jen speaks Polish who knew but I think that's interesting that I knew you for three years and it never came up you mm-hmm. know yeah no so. I, it's it's because I know because like, I have cousins you know yeah. who are very fluent like you know my cousin Sabina like she mm-hmm. can go to Poland and I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't even tell that she's from America with yeah. the accent whereas with me everyone's like oh how cute yeah. you're so adorable yeah you, this is how you say fork in Polish you know you kind of are a thing. adorable <laughs> so but I mean I'm so happy that I can at least get by if I were to go to Poland I can somehow, if I can't think of the word, I could describe it or I can, you know, mm-hmm. get around. But I do wish that, you know, we kind of, but he just was just like, you're, you're in America, you're going to speak English, you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college. And these are things you're going to do. And I think, you know, well, his childhood and, and adulthood, because he left when he was 26 or mm-hmm. 28, was was good to a certain experience, obviously extends, it, it wasn't, yeah. you know. Well, there's a reason why he didn't go back, I'm sure, yes. like... Absolutely. If it he really like, didn't like mom's... it here and he was like, oh, it's actually better back there, yeah. he could have gone back, you know? Yeah. And, like, my grandmother, his mom would be like, come visit, come visit. And my mom always jokes around. She's like, you know, like, your grandmother always call and be like, you're the one to blame that he won't come back. And she's like, I'm not holding yeah. your son back. He can buy that yeah. ticket to yeah. pull and go. But he'd be like, I don't want to go yeah. back. And he hasn't like, been once back. Once you see, like, there's a whole world out there. It's mm-hmm. like, I've already experienced this. Why would I... And he's 70 years old, and he has not been back since he was 28. Wow. wow. So, so the time I, that you went, 
You no. didn't go with him? I went by myself. Yeah. With, oh, with like a cousin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times have you visited Poland? So I was off to a good start, but I actually, <laughs> um, when I was eight, I went for the whole summer. Um, I have lots of, obviously lots of family. My dad mm-hmm. was an only child. My mom only has a brother who lives in New Jersey. Um, but obviously I have aunts and uncles and uncles. So eight, I went for about six, seven weeks. Wow. Um, and then I went back when I was 10, but my mom says she missed me too much. So it was like four or five yeah. weeks. <laughs> and then I, yeah. And then I haven't been back since. So, so would my, you like to go back as an adult? I do, but I actually want to go with my sister, Alexis, mm-hmm. because she's never been. Yeah. And she's 26 now. Um, <laughs> and she hasn't been, and I would love to go. Yeah. I mean, her Polish, like mine is not good, but hers is like way worse. Way worse. Like she can do more about and understand yeah. than speak. Um, but I would love to go and just, you know, although I hear Poland's not doing making the best decisions in life right now, <laughs> but um, you know, but kind of go together because yeah. it's been what two decades for me now since mm-hmm. I've been, yeah. and she's never. So I think it'd be kind of a really cool experience. Yeah, to do. It's a nice thing to put on the bucket list. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's amazing. Um, can you speak to me in Polish, please, Jen? <laughs> can you say Shay is a beautiful flower? <laughs> I, I always, always likes had to one get glass the guests of wine, to do their so. bits. <laughs> there there more. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. Just got yeah, I like to bully guests. We all know <laughs> this. Come on. Oh, don't be a bully, Shay. Oh, so wait. Um, Shay, this is na naprawdę piękny fiatek. Oh, and I always say I was like, like telekapnia fiatek, which I, when people are like not doing what I want them to do or they're being mean, and I'm like, I'm a telekapnia fiatek, which means I'm a delicate flower. Yeah. So can you like? It sounds be like nice? delicate flower. It is. Delicate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. that's so funny. My, I'll share one of uh, Marianne and John, my parents' millennial moments from a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. They did a punchki run. Oh my god! Where they ran a punchki. Punchki is a, a very delicious you would um, love it it's right uh, up your alley it's yeah, like a pastry. donut almost yeah it's like a fried oh. dough and they like there's like a cream or, jelly. cream or like jelly filling i mean it's, it's a delicious pastry Anything so basically my parents in hamtramck which is uh um it's its own city but it's adjacent to detroit and it's a mm-hmm. polish heavy neighborhood it's a very big polish population yeah. in michigan um and my aunt her last name is bonzak okay if that's a Polish last name, I don't know. I um, but she, her family is Polish, and they always do this punchki run, and you basically run a 5K, and mm-hmm. they give you a beer and a punchki. I love it. And then you go and have a nice Polish meal in Hamtramck. But it's interesting now, I think. I love har- it. Harkening back to, Can like, the immigrant story. Year? Yeah, I know. I want to do it. My mom actually cheated two years ago. <laughs> she, like, found a shortcut on the race. <laughs> Oh and my god, your mother. So she didn't even it. do the five, the full 5K. She's, she listens to this. So okay. she'll but hear it, and she'll did be Marianne like... Did Marianne still get her donut? Yes, everyone got it. She oh. she cheated to get to yeah. the donut sooner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, good. Um, That's good. But it's interesting because that neighborhood, it was Polish, I think, at the same time when your dad was coming, and there still are a lot of Polish people, but it's now a huge Yemeni community. Mm. So all of the um, immigrants from Yemen are now moving into that neighborhood, wow. and... I think at least a couple of years ago when I was in Detroit, the mayor of Hamtramck is Yemeni and it was a Polish guy for like years right. and years. So it just shows you how kind of the immigrant neighborhoods, so to speak, are and changing. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Greenpoint, that's mm-hmm. where Polish people came to well, New Greenpoint, York. Greenpoint, I wouldn't even consider like, I don't even know what you consider an immigrant neighborhood. To me, it's just like where people are able to come it's when like, they don't really it's like hipsterville a little bit now like a lot of like polish friends and family had to move because they could no longer Mm -hmm. afford the rent the rent or or whatnot and um 
my parents, both my dad and my mom came because obviously they still have the Polish um, butcher shops mm-hmm. and bakeries and they wanted to bring some home on their drive back to Ohio and they came and both of them were staying there and I think it was for all my Brooklyn people okay. um, on Manhattan Avenue and Greenpoint they were staying on the corner and my mom looked at the movie theater it was Chopin ah, I remember yes. it Chopin Theater which was one of those like beautiful like theaters with the chandeliers and whatnot that the front of it is the Starbucks and the back of it is the New York Sports Club and she's looking and she's looking around my dad's looking and they both go I don't like it here. I don't really want to come back. This is just so different. Mm -hmm. They said it's dirtier. It's noisier. And, you know, they remembered as one way, you know, Mm -hmm. with the Polish people. And now it's all these young hipsters who shop at thrift stop, you know, shops. And, you know, she's like, Starbucks? Like, you change this beautiful theater into a gym and, like, Starbucks? And it was was hard for them to really Mm -hmm. see it change. And my mom's like, I prefer not to go back. We'll stay in Astoria. So they haven't been back in quite a few. Just unless to go to the butcher shops because they want to get there. Kielbasi and all that other good stuff. (laughs) Kielbasi. All right. Well. Well, um, I don't want to cut this short, but I think we should move on into our archery range and ask Jen some rapid fire questions. I don't think so, but okay, let's do this. <laughs> right. So answer as quickly as possible. Don't overthink. And there's no wrong answer. Okay. Favorite snack. Pizza. Favorite All types of pizza. Snack. Including the pizza rolls. Yes. Pizza, pizza pocket, pizza roll, pizzas, pizza bagels, everything. Pizza I love it. I love it. Was it? Has this always been true? What's your favorite childhood snack? Pizza. <laughs> okay, good. All right. I love it. Uh, favorite book? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Quick, quick, quick! Snap, I, snap, snap! I, so much pressure. I, it could be like a top ten favorite or something that you read recently that you liked. Oh my god! It's the one. I can't think of the name, which doesn't means it's probably not my favorite, but it is, and I can't think about it. The one in that happened in Spain, Shay. You know which one I'm talking about? One that happened in Spain. Um. Uh, <sighs> And it's like back and uh, I have to get back to you on that. Okay, that's fine. Favorite movie? Now I want to know what this book is that happened in Spain. Yeah, it was so good. Oh my god. Okay. Damn it. In Favorite the time movie. of cholera. No. Top movie. Well, for a while, it was uh, You've Got Mail. So. Uh, yes, a classic. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't go with a Will Ferrell movie. Oh well, yeah. This is too. that's what came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite place you visited outside of New York? Um, recently Cuba Havana was beautiful, oh God, yeah. lovely, I crazy eye-opening experience. Yeah. Jen has traveled all over. As has Shay and Maddie, apparently. <laughs> we have the bug. Um, favorite year of elementary school? I have to say fifth grade, right before I moved to Ohio. I mm-hmm. was really finding my niche and I was having a great time. Top of the time. heap. And then you got Hell it yeah. ripped away. Very like sad. ripped away 500 miles away, which was a really long, long distance. Longer yeah. than I thought. That's crazy. Um, favorite TV show? Right now, Parks and Rec, um, The Office, it is Friends, um, and I really love New Girl. Yeah, I, 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 I like are they New only Girl on season too. five? Did they end? Like, what happened? I, I have think, to figure out. I, I didn't think that it ended. I thought it's well. The like, Netflix only happening. stopped at season five, yeah. and I am not okay with that. Yeah. But that is a different <laughs> subject in itself. Yeah. That's Netflix, great. Naming court decisions. Um, all right, any more, Maddie? No, I think that about covers it. Okay, it's great. That was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> all right, Jenny Fair. Uh, where can we and our viewer, uh, viewers, our listeners find you on the social media after Lent is over? Well, April 1st, and this is not an April Fool's joke, is <laughs> um, Jennifer Carolina on Facebook, K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A. And then on Instagram, which I think I hopefully remember it correctly, is Jenny P. Ski, to keep it short. You remember. We will link to that because of the spelling. People are not going to know. <laughs> yeah. 
That is amazing. So, well, thank you so awesome. much. Um, thank you, Jenny. You are an amazing guest. We may have to bring you back for a part two yeah. at some point. I would love it. Thank so, you for having me. Yes. Yay. Yay. All right. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.